more offices, and more support staff nationwide than any other injury law firm. Contact Morgan & Morgan today. Just dial pound law or visit forthepeople.com for an office near you. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Ah, is your check engine light on? The free fix finder service reads your check engine, ABS, and maintenance lights. It even sends a detailed report directly to your email. When you need to get back on the road, AutoZone's free fix finder service is here. Get the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. Only at AutoZone. See details at AutoZone.com. And now coming in at number one, one. it's Kentucky Fried Chicken's $5 Mac and Cheese Bowl. Mac and cheese, chicken and cheese. 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 For five bucks. Oh, yeah, baby. Order KFC's $5 mac and cheese bowls on the app. Back for a limited time in original or spicy. That finger looking good. Price participation may vary for a limited time only. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. do this again. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Over in the main studio, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Happy Cinco de Mayo. And happy start of the official start of Memphis in May with the first night of uh, Beale Street Music Festival. Ten years ago, you know, pre-kids, that would have been a dangerous combination for me. I also, don't you feel like this is kind of the unofficial kickoff of... All right, it's time to go outside season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day drinking, yes. day drinking, yes. outdoor drinking, like I know, every, grilling. If I know Memorial, Memorial Day, sort but of. I, but why, why wait that long? But for us, it's also usually, this is this is unusual that it's not been as cool, but it's usually hot already. Yeah. And so it's like, we're usually, Memorial Day, we're, we're already into game shape. You know what I mean? Well, and Jeffrey, I'm just, I'm floored. Honestly, I'm, it shows you how my life has changed. Like tonight. My wife is going out with some girlfriends. I'm on babysitting duty. Um, But I cannot believe there is a stage at Beale Street Music Festival tonight where the lineup goes like this. Marcy's Playground, followed by the Toadies, followed by uh, Live, followed by 311. (laughs) I would have never predicted that. Well, not in 2023. Not in 2023. Yes. Yes. Maybe in 1999. I would be kind if I had if I had tickets tonight. I'd be when kind are, of excited about it. But okay, I don't. Know I also ever, don't know if there's a lot of pe- other people who would be excited about it. I don't know if I've ever dropped this theory on you, but I also believe. Actually, we may have talked about it, but I believe bands have career years. Mm-hmm. Like there is clearly yeah a time like yeah, it's usually a, the the best whatever the best album is or best string of albums, and it's like then they put on the tour that went with the album was mm-hmm. an awesome mm-hmm. tour. Like there's always. There's always a peak, like career year, and then they can they can kind of stretch it out. Like they have good runs, but when do you think all of those bands' career years were, and were they this millennium? No, none of them. Right? Maybe Marcy's Playground because whenever that Sex that was... and Candy song came out, um, but no, none of the the rest. Maybe and maybe three eleven. Three eleven of those bands has had the longest staying the longest power. Career, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but then uh, there's Mark Sex and Candy was 1997. Yeah, so there you go. I you know I I would venture to guess all of them all of their peaks were in the 90s. Um, but that's why I'm I'm intrigued by it. But there's a lot of other uh, good acts. But it's the you know it's a, it's a great time of year in Memphis. 
Um, and uh, that's good because it's not necessarily the greatest time of year for sports, especially once well, the gri- I, if the Grizzlies are out of I think those of things it. are usually related. <laughs> like <laughs> summer festival season, usually like Lollapalooza. We got time ha- to do stuff. Lollapalooza happens in July for a reason. Like so. In lieu of that, rather than do, you know, usually on Fridays we do, what are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? And, and we'll do that to a certain extent. But just what are we going to be talking about over the next few months? You know, well, like Let's a, set the agenda. Yeah, let's, let's, let's set the agenda for the summer. Yeah, we need to, ahead of the weekend, then we can prepare, we can brace ourselves for the slow season, if you will. Um, so we're going to start off today's show, kind of look ahead to biggest storylines uh, in uh, Memphis sports coming up. And what are we going to be talking about with them? Uh, 240 or so, Blake Topmeyer will join us. He's the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. We'll talk college football with him, uh, the latest on the college football playoff. Well, and we got, we got to get his thoughts on Alabama. Al, yes, Alabama baseball, Alabama period. Um, we also got the Dion Colorado stuff is really, you know, we're getting a, getting a lot of uh, – I gotta tell you, a lot of think pieces about how Dion is uh, reconstructing his roster at Colorado. This three eleven stock photo, promotional <laughs> photo, they look a lot better than I expected. Oh, there you go. Okay, like good. that was like a surprise. Like, oh, I, I thought they were gonna look a lot worse. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, we'll talk to Blake at two forty three o'clock or so. We'll get into the list. Uh, Kentucky Derby's this weekend. We got that to look forward to. Um, we'll get into a lot the, of think pieces out there. Yeah, we'll get into. Don't even read those. We'll get into the Derby. Uh, Can you just knock it off for ten minutes? There's been five horse deaths there, like deaths we'll, in the we'll last deal like with it week. On Monday, Dude, Like I always love when they act like this is a new thing in horse racing. Having five right before the Derby when everyone's supposed to be on their best. Like, what was that horse racing HBO show that lasted like four luck, episodes? Luck. Yeah. Well, yeah, luck with Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, and then didn't they get... I watched it. It was okay. It was fine, but didn't, I think they had the unfortunate... Didn't we... In a one horse of the, died. In, in one of the triple... Cra- well... Uh, no, no, no. Filming. A horse died on set, and like they, they, then like they, had to, they ended up stopping the show because it was too much of a liability. It wasn't getting good ratings. It was too much of a liability. But nonetheless, uh, we'll talk Derby on the list. Also, Mike Budenholzer, uh, that shocking firing yesterday... Uh, maybe not. I don't know if shocking is the right word. I thought it was surprising. Yeah. I, don't, I figured he was going to make it. I figured when he it, made it. Well, hey, when it came out that his brother died during the series. Yeah, that. In the horrific cra- crash. And, well, and then they didn't have exit interviews, which was a little f- fishy. But we'll get into it in the list. Um, and, and then we'll talk about our games of the weekend. Because there are, there are sports this weekend. It, like, I'm not trying to, like, it's just in terms of Memphis local, sports. Local attention, yes. Um, well, we got, you know, Lakers. Uh, Lakers, uh, Warriors, and um, also uh, baseball and NHS Stanley Cup playoffs. Lots of lots of good games this weekend. So we'll get into that to close today today's show. But let's start, Jeffrey. What are we going to be talking about? Um, both coming out of the weekend and at large. I think this applies for both. Are we still going to be talking about Dylan Brooks? I don't like, think we're going to be talking about Dylan Brooks, but I think we're going to be talking about how do they replace Dylan Brooks? Yeah, yeah. We're not going to be, but like right now, it just feels like it's like an overload of like Dylan, you know, like doesn't now we're, feel like now we're, we're getting we're, Dylan Brooks think pieces. Yeah, but doesn't it also feel like we're on the back end? Like, yeah, it, no, it, you're right. It peaked this week. It yes. peaked early this week. And once we get out of the weekend, we won't be talking about it anymore. Yeah, hopefully. That's what, that's what I think. But I think you're right. It's who, you know, what are the Grizzlies going to do now that they have cut, cut ties with Dylan yeah. Brooks? Um, yeah. Because we've got we've got like a month and a half between now and the NBA draft, and I suspect a trade would likely occur because it's going to be uh, involved draft picks. I would assume if you're making a trade, right? That's ultimately the probably the best thing the Grizzlies have is they have a bunch of first round draft picks in the future. Well, to me, like I think the biggest issue that the Grizzlies have is that they have not great first. They round. have stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not great stuff. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's nothing I mean the question But do they necessarily need like they don't I just don't think they necessarily need to go get for instance like Chris Middleton or DeMar DeRozan or um you know even necessarily like OG Ananobi. Um I don't think you necessarily like that'd be great. 
But I don't necessarily think like for them to upgrade, if you will, not necessarily upgrade over Dylan, but just upgrade for the team. You know, like a guy who's at just a better fit. Like I don't necessarily think you need someone that like that, if you will, to fill that slot. And so, like, well, that's the question. Um, I don't know if you, Mark, if you've been scrolling through cable recently, but AMC has been showing Moneyball basically on repeat. And so I find myself watch rewatching Moneyball in, in like segments. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are they going to try and find a perfect player? Mm-hmm. The Giambi discussion. Yeah. And Brad Pitt's like, we're not going to replace Giambi with one guy. Yeah. We're going to try to replace yeah. him with three guys. Yeah. We're going to try to replace him with Royce O'Neal um, and Jay Crowder. Yes. You know? Or, you know, and then maybe, and, and, That'd be pretty good, actually. And, well, and fing- <laughs> now that I'm saying, as I speak that again, out loud, fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe Zaire's not hopeless. Yeah, like those kinds of, and not, are those the names? No, or are they going to try and replace him with one guy? I think mm-hmm. that's the that's kind of the question that they have, and that's not necessarily a strategy question. Of well, either they go in thinking, well, we're going to go get one guy. It could be the situation where you try to get the one guy. And you're unable to do so, and so do you have to pivot? Man, Royce O'Neal's got a pretty—that's a pretty attractive uh, name to think about. He's got a partial guarantee, only one year left at nine point five million on his deal. One year rental, see how it works. Is Royce O'Neal still good? <sighs> that's a—I—I I, I, maybe, yeah. I mean, like last year. Let's see what he do last year. I mean, he was pretty good. He's only 29. He's not, like, that old. Um, and he's a better three-point. Let's see. He shot um, shot 38.9% from three last year, 8.8 points, five rebounds, 3.7 assists per game. Like, you know, that's pretty, you know, I, I, it's not. Is 8.8 points a game when you're playing 31 minutes good? I like the percentages, though. I'm just saying, if you're looking for something, you said like, "Hey, their assets are good, aren't that good?" Like, yeah, no, I understand. Isn't Royce O'Neal kind of like that kind of guy? Like, well, you know, it won't take that much to go get Royce O'Neal. Now he's got a favorable contract, I think, for trading purposes. So the Nets could probably include him in any number of deals. Um, but I don't know. Those are the type. I, I just think when we're, you know this discussion is going to be very interesting in the terms of. In terms of what are we talking about, I think what fans are going to be talking about the Grizzlies should do is probably going to be different than what the internal dialogue is with that front office and what they think they should do. Do you not agree? Like, I don't think, I don't see, I, I, I'm i not saying Zach Kleiman is going to turn down the chance to go trade for OG Ananobi or whoever comes available, the biggest name you can think, you know, the the biggest potential name you can think of. If Jalen Brown were available, I think the Grizzlies would inquire. But, like, if we're talking about who are they going to ultimately probably get, my gut tells me it's like a tier, it's at least a tier below that. Yeah, but don't you think that's that's like in general? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's like every coaching search, you know. You're always convinced you're getting Gruden. Yeah. Can I interest you in a Jeremy Pruitt? <laughs> well, hopefully, there's, hopefully we're not replacing Dylan. That would literally be like replacing Butch Jones with uh, with Jeremy Pruitt if we replace Dylan with with the, the, you know like, like that would be we don't want that. Who would be the Pruitt equivalent? Who would be the Pruitt equivalent? Um, because there's actually you're onto something. Butch Jones and Dylan are. Yeah, it's uh, like it's like if you really comp. look back like, on it, there were some decent, there yes, were some good times. They're not as bad as their haters think they are, but it, they're also not as good as as maybe they want to believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who would be Pruitt? Mm, I, we need somebody with some knee damage. <laughs> well, it'd be like a, it'd be a. Let's see, let's see, let's look at some of the free agents that are out there. Um, Like going and grabbing, uh, and a, I would say Victor Oladipo, but he got hurt. So maybe, uh, yeah, he said knee stuff. Yeah, Vic, Vic, Vic might be done. Um, I mean, like, to me, the the equivalent is kind of what they traded for. What they traded for with uh, 
uh, Danny Green. Go get, like, Yuta Watanabe. I did see, I saw, there was a weird internet push this week to bring Yuta back. They had a good year with the Nets. That that one was, I'm not saying that, I just didn't expect that. Would it be like Terrence Ross? Going to get Terrence Ross. There we go. That that feels right. (laughs) Championship pedigree. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But it's, uh, it's, it will be a uh, just a fascinating point of discussion. All right, what are we going to be talking about the rest of the offseason? Are we going to be talking about being, I guess, concerned about Memphis basketball and football? Mm. Okay, so those are I think those are two separate things. All right, let's yes. take it. Let's take it. I, I've I've gone on record yesterday. I am not ready to be concerned about Memphis basketball's roster. I want to see. I I will reserve any judgment until Penny Hardaway looks up and looks into a camera and says, "This is my team." You know, like I'm done. This is my team. Yeah. So let's take it chronologically. Then let's start with Memphis football. Mm-hmm. In my experience with Memphis football, the preseason never is like worrisome mm-hmm. because there's really two modes. If anything, there's nothing like. There's nothing like college football August practice stories. Those, it's like if you want to talk about when is the most positive coverage yeah, in all bigger, of sports. Is everyone written. got bigger, stronger, faster. Not everyone just football, all of sports. Yeah. Like August, I love writing August college football. Everyone loves you when you're writing August college football stories. Hey, great article. Yeah. Great piece. Yeah. Great piece. So the thing, though, with Memphis football, though, is it's – so much of the fanship is somewhat detached. It feels like they have two speeds. It's either locked in or apathetic. Mm-hmm. And then there's this core group of, you know, ten to 15,000 people that are like their Tiger football fans. Mm-hmm. Those people tend to be... They hardly bl- they hardly bl- bat an eye at six and six correct. when they've sat through and, what and they've they sat through. they tend to be optimistic. Yeah. So... I don't necessarily think this summer it's going to be, I don't even want to say like critical, but like worrisome. Yeah. I also think there's so many, like, I don't, like, I don't think people, maybe people who went to the spring game have a concept of this now, but like, there's going to be so many new, like, well, I think players, especially at like positions that are like very public facing or front facing, if you a wide receiver, running back, you know. Um, linebacker. You know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of new names, new faces in those some of those spots because of just the natural churn of college sports now. Well, I think there was there's been an unintended consequence of freedom of movement, NIL, mm-hmm. and essentially the fact that rosters are changing so quickly. And I'm not like pointing the finger at anyone, but the unintended consequence for me is that you now have a situation where fans, the average fan is just not keeping up with the roster because it's too much to keep up with. Like, it just is. So the unintended consequence is you basically are completely judged on game day now. Mm. And But I also think because of that, I also think it tampers down, like, preseason hype. From a fan perspective, like, getting getting all locked up. Like, when you start talking about, Mm-hmm. what you're looking forward to. It's like, ah, I can't wait to see my tailgate friends again, or yeah, I, I can't yeah. wait. Now, at least what Memphis has is a long-standing starting quarterback. Like, I think Seth Hennigan being in his third year matters in terms of visibility of the team. Like, people know who Seth Hennigan is. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and, yeah. But I don't th- you think also part of it, though, is if Seth, Seth had a fine year, mm-hmm. but Seth didn't take, some type of remarkable leap in year two, and in fairness to Seth, like, and I we think about, I think like, if you talk to, best weapon, when I think if you talk to Seth and Ryan Silverfield, I think they would agree with the assessment that you know Seth did not have uh, like it was as you put it a fine year. It wasn't the year the year they expected out of him. I don't think quite quite or what he expected out of himself. I think they did expect him to make a jump, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's I think that's saying. motivating like, I think if, them. This I think if he would have had, if he had a great year last year, yeah. I think there's there's a little but, bit more buzz. But to your point, I don't know if like like to me, 
if you're going to be all, like, concerned now, I don't know. Like, this is the time where, like, you can talk yourself in. Like, I feel like if you can't talk yourself into stuff now, when, you know, when are you going to be able to talk yourself in? Like, I feel like you can spin this of, like, for instance, they lost a lot of their weapons around Seth. Well, as you pointed out. Like, were the weapons really that good last year? Yeah, maybe like, they needed to lose yeah, like, weapons around. Like, stuff. yeah, it probably hurts to lose the tight end, Caden Prescorn. But, like, other than that, like, did they really lose anything that's, like, that you were, like, man, like, I can't, you know, like, nothing really felt on offense, like, irreplaceable. Like, Eddie Lewis is, like, a fine, you know, did a fine job last year. Like, you, you're telling me the guy from Toledo who caught 40-some-odd passes last year can't replace him? Like I, you know, like I no, think that I, guy I, can replace him. You no, know, I, I completely agree. I think that was also part of the problem last year. Is you know, part of Seth probably not having a great year is like he didn't have a ton of help. Yeah, and then they had offensive line, you know, injuries, you issues. Yourself, got got the same coordinators back for a second continuity, year. Continuity, continuity, Jeffrey. Mark, um, they're not having to learn the system anymore. No, they're no, playing no, faster. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think, like I said about basketball yesterday, I just let's see. It's May fourth or May fifth. Let's see. Uh, let's see how Penny fills these other scholarships. Like how this all ends up shaking out with Mikey, and then with does anyone pop up here late who he can grab? Like has happened in the past couple years. Yeah, I still think I agree with your point from yesterday that it's it's still too early to sit there and go. This is doomed. But you can also say that, like, it feels like Jaden Bradley was a missed opportunity. It also feels different. Like, while he has added pieces later on the calendar, mm-hmm. it does, there is, like, a different atmosphere this time. Like, to me, the the there is, I'm not sure that they are, I'm not sure that they're fighting with a full arrow of quivers like they have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see when the next, uh, you know, as this, you know, like I said, if we get to September and he hasn't had anyone else, then I think you can, you know, really well, go, what the heck, to, what the heck's to, going on here? I think, I think when we get to August, like once classes start, they added, yeah, that's not I think mean. it was DeMaria. Yeah. Right. But even that was like right before class started. No, I think DeMaria came to like during the first week okay. of school. Gotcha. Um, well, um, we'll see how that develops. All right, and then I think the other story of that we'll be talking about as we pass the time between, you know, Memphis sports really picking up. And I, I get it. There's you know showboats and 901 FC and the Redbirds, but um, I I don't know, maybe I'm there. There will be people who will be upset at this. I view those more as like entertainment than like competitive endeavors for me. I know there's a lot of 901 FC fans who are you know really into it, so. But like I kind of view it as like entertainment options for the community. Yeah, live sport, like things yeah. to go do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm will readily and willing to admit that like not everyone agrees with that point of view, um, and they're not necessarily wrong. Mark, we can't please everybody. Yes. Um, but I think we're gonna in regards to those sports though. I do think they matter, and I want to see them get what they want. And so I think this Memphis Stadium stuff is going to be a big storyline throughout the summer because, um, I mean, ultimately, this $350 million that the state has allocated to Memphis through the budget needs to get doled out to each of the entities that are trying to benefit from it. And um, I assume, well, one, University of Memphis, if you go by their plans for Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium – they're planning to start construction right after the football season ends. And then you also add in that Mayor Strickland, who has spearheaded this whole thing, leaves office at the end of the year. I would assume he wants to get all of this kind of signed, sealed, and delivered this money before he leaves office so that he can, you know, it's not, you know, he can claim all the credit, so to speak. And I and I don't say that in a derogatory manner. I would do the same thing if I were him. Uh, or try to do the same thing if I were him. I wouldn't want to leave. I mean, him. like as he's at the end, like this is kind of one of his lasting legacies. Yeah, this will. I think this will be his most significant accomplishment as mayor, frankly. Um, and he's been, you know, I, I'm not going to get into the rest, but I think like this no, is yeah, the no, crowning I, achievement of his of his term. 
uh, or of his two terms. But we are going to be talking about how are they going to dole out this money? Like, how much is FedEx Forum going to call? Like, we, like we still have we've seen plans for all the other parts of this. We've seen plans for Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. We've seen plans for the soccer stadium. I guess we haven't seen we anything haven't seen for AutoZone, AutoZone but, but I, I think, think I think that was going to be dependent on how much money they got. Yes, I mean I talked to Craig Unger generally about it, and he said it was you know they want to you know, needs a, you know, basically needs a new paint job, and it need you know they'd like to replace it's the original seating in there. They'd re- like to replace the seats, um, do some work, you know, modernize the concourses, and then go from there, depending on how much. Oh, need new lights, you know, like they don't have energy efficient lighting because it's, you know, like there's more modern lighting now, Um, but there's stuff they can do there. But um, it all depends on, okay, what do the Grizzlies want to do? And they're the one entity in all this where we haven't, you know, they've talked generally about it. They've told the city council generally what they want. And like the main goal would be to almost like invert the arena. Like there's too much terrace level seating in their mind that for most games is much harder mark, to sell mark non-revenue generating seating yes non-revenue generating seating and they want to they want to make more lower level seating and i'll be honest like as someone who now who goes to like other arenas like it is like you can tell like you know like even like staple center or whatever crypto.com arena like their upper deck is like seven or eight rows like it's yeah. not very big yeah um, the rest of the arena is lower level and like suites. Yeah, I think they have like three decks of suites. Yeah. Um, and so, and you go around the country like it. That is the trend. That is like how well, I mean, even teams look, make money. Look at it. that's how Golden State's arena. I think Golden State and the Lakers generate the most revenue in the NBA. Yeah, but I put them as outliers. Yeah, like because the, the markets there. Correct. In. But like, look at look at how Fiserv was built in in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. If you look at it. It is a massive lower bowl. Mm-hmm. I think it's only one row of suites, and then it's a smaller sized upper deck, like that. But the problem is to invert an arena; like it's really expensive. But I think the thing that's a little bit more puzzling to me: what are the Grizzlies waiting on? Like they've been knowing that they're going to do this for. I don't know. Behind the scenes, they've been knowing that they're going to do this for a while. No, I mean, they, they they talked, I believe, like in December, January with the city council. Like the city council came to FedEx Forum and they kind of mapped yeah, out. Yeah, I bet they've been talking to architects and engineers for longer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, um, I'm sure. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, the weight is. I mean, ultimately, it sounds like. And the only reason why I say that is because there's an order of operations. It clearly starts with them. And so it feels like everyone else is in this holding pattern. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact specifics of what's going on in the negotiations right now other than um, I think the Grizzlies have a good idea of what they're going to do. They just haven't publicly released it, you know, released it to the public. That's not to say the city's not aware of it. I don't, you know, like I don't know behind the scenes exactly how they're uh, handling things. Um, but from a public— I'm going to—I'll I'll put myself out there and say this. I don't think the city knows because in this town, people talk. And I think if they did know, it would be eventually getting out. Well, regardless, it's going to be a... I mean, do you know anyone's even seen pictures? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't. Yeah, I certainly haven't seen them um, or heard from anyone who's seen them. Um, But they're going to eventually have renderings and, you know, they're going to have to dole out this money. Now... Something a caveat that's important to remember: the mayor is going to recommend how the money gets doled out. I, city council is the one who has to allocate state funds. Yeah. So uh, this is going to have to go through city council too and get passed. And I would assume I, you know, that's why the Grizzlies, for instance, were briefing city council on some of their plans earlier this year. Um, Are we going to have to do another debate? No, because I think I think most people understand like. I'm sure there will be a session in front of city council in which maybe a city council member or two voices some concerns of some kind. But my guess is this will not be difficult to get through um, in terms of like, I mean, we'll see because that is going to be the interesting dynamic of all of this is like how much of all this money goes to the Grizzlies, you know, 
Well, then how, how much? Because I I've said I think if you're the Grizzlies, you can probably you know if you really want to hoard as much money of the public money as possible in all this, like I don't think people would be up a lot of people would be up in arms if it came at the expense of a soccer stadium. I do think there would be a lot of people up in arms if it came at the expense of the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium renovations in some sort of significant way. I think it'd be a PR hit, but I think if they decide they want to do that, I think they could probably do it. Yeah, but I don't think, knowing the people there, I don't think they want to cause that type of PR hit. I agree with you, but I think this actually gets to my also, what are we going to be talking about this summer? Because Mm -hmm. as it pertains to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, is there another round of realignment? Conference realignment. Yeah. And do you think you do you sense we're gonna I mean, the Oklahoma Texas thing happened right as SEC Media Days was going on. I mean, typically what we've been seeing And last is, year didn't the USC UCLA thing kinda happen right in J- July, August time? And even like the Texas to the Pac twelve thing. Like what we've been typically seeing with these things is they happen in the summer. There's Nothing, nothing, and then all of a sudden, boom. Well, it's like if there's a Pac-12 TV deal that's announced, that's when that's going to be the trigger, it feels like. If it's not a good deal, you could see it trigger some Well, movement. I mean, to me, like, that's the first question. So everyone's got eyes on the Pac-12, but the thing, though, from a Memphis perspective, I'm not really sure Pac-12, like an ending of the Pac-12, I'm not sure that that is the domino that they need because what seems likely in that scenario is if the Pac-12 folds, then you're going to have essentially the the remaining Pac-12 teams are going to have to go find a new home, and I don't I don't suspect that's going to affect Memphis. Like that's going to wind up with the Big 12 taking on you know Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and then like to me though it's it's a question of is there another domino that happens because what we've been seeing in well, the past it seems like is, to me the thing that could happen that would that would create some significant change is the Pac-12 agrees to an underwhelming media rights deal and those four corner schools go to the Big 12 because the Big 12 would take them in a second. Like Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, right, and Utah. Right, but I'm, what I'm saying is I don't think that's going to I don't think that's going to No, I don't think that's going to impact Memphis. No. But what I'm what I'm curious about is is this a year where all of a sudden these ACC schools that have been unhappy all of a sudden, they either bite the bullet is. or they figure out a way out of the deal. Like, I, I mean, think it's too much money. You have to literally—it's through 2035. They have a—you literally would have to give up your media rights money for 12 years if you left right now, or t- 11 years. Right. Again, that's insane. Yeah, no school can stomach that. I, I'm with you on that. But what happens if someone figures out a way out of the deal, or what happens if all of a sudden you've got enough schools that that agree to vote together, they're going to dissolve the ACC, and then you can't, you don't owe the money. Like I guess. I just don't, I don't know. I don't suspect that's I find that hard ha- to believe happening this year. I'm not saying the ACC is like some stable conference for the future, but I don't see that happening this summer. I, I am with you, but what my point is, is there going to be, like typically what these things have been has been out of nowhere. Like I didn't see that. No one saw USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Yeah. Like, no one saw that. I mean, I th- like, it's, does something does something unexpected happen and cause more dominoes to fall? Yeah, it's it's possible, but it's uh, it'll be it'll be good for Memphis to get this stadium done, though. I know, like, it might not get them ultimately to a conference, but I think it's going to. I think it's the right move, ultimately. Yeah, in the end, like, do I. Is that going to be? I still don't think the facilities in the end were the reason. I think it was a. I just think like it'll be symptom. nice to have. Like no, I, I'm with you, but I also think that hey, you you can't you have to put yourself in the best possibility. Even though I don't believe that in the end the stadiums were the reason. I think that was like lip service that was given to them, softening the message. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you can't let that be a reason. Yeah, yeah, and this is you. You should you know. Take advantage of the state having an overflowing amount of money that they took in this past year. Um, no, and I hope, like, I, my hope is, is like, you look at this, because if you look at previous NBA deals that have happened, the, like, I'm hopeful one, like, Para will kick in some money. It's happened before in these, like, if you look at Indianapolis, sure. if you look at Atlanta, if you look at Charlotte, if you look at Phoenix, 
the team has kicked in like $50 million into yeah, this sort of thing. It's also kind of like a good PR thing to do. Yes. Um, so the $684 million or whatever it ends up being, I would add $50 million to it, I would hope, um, or something like that. Um, as a sign of goodwill, and it's like if you give the if the Grizzlies get like five hundred million from the tax breaks and the state money, and then that way, like University of Memphis can get like one hundred twenty five million, and then maybe they can fundraise up to one fifty potentially, maybe, um, and then the soccer stadium and AutoZone Park, you know, you give that group like a hundred million dollars to get both those things done. Like that works out to like seven hundred, you know, thirty-four million dollars in my, you know, like can we get that done? Then everyone gets what they want. If five hundred million dollars is enough for the Grizzlies, and I don't all know. eyes now turn to the Grizzlies. All right, when we come back, let's welcome Blake Topmeyer to the program. We'll do that next, right here on Giannato and Jeffrey, ninety-two FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Joe Ostrowski here to help you beat the books with BetQL. With the race on the mound, the BetQL model is going to back the red-hot Braves against Baltimore. Max Freed has a minuscule 0-4-5 ERA so far this season. And he pitched a complete game shutout in his last outing against the O's. So the BetQL model has the Braves on the run line as a five-star best bet. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Anywhere fans go to cheer on their team, there are behind-the-scenes MVPs ensuring everything is game day ready. We see you, Joe, fixing seats so every fan can enjoy every game. And Allie, who keeps her stadium running smoothly from the moment the first game starts to the last play of the season. At Granger, you're our MVPs, and we're always here for you with supplies and solutions for every industry and 24-7 customer support. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it. The extra debit card is issued by Evolve Bank and Trust or Patriot Bank. NA member FDIC pursuant to a license by MasterCard International. The bank does not sponsor spending limits or credit reporting. Extra reports on time and late payments, which may impact your credit bureau's determination of your credit score. This is an advertisement using paid actors. From getting a credit card to a new car, a house, even a job, you're being judged by your credit score. If you're being denied credit or paying high interest rates, you need to get the extra debit card, the first debit card that builds credit and earns reward points. This extra card has literally saved my non-existent credit. My credit went from nothing to good, and I am so excited. I was approved to get an apartment with no problems, and it's all because of this card. I also applied for a credit card and easily got approved. I'm so happy I signed up for Extra. Unlike other debit cards, the Extra debit card can help you build your credit. In fact, based on a study of Experian data, Extra card holders who used Extra as recommended saw an average credit score increase of 48 points. There's no interest and no credit check to get started. So start building credit with debit today. Sign up now at extra.app. That's extra.app. Extra.app. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Finding great people to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But not with ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology delivers so many qualified candidates. It's like finding a needle in a needle stack. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Gabe Goon here for FanDuel Sportsbook. It's time for the NBA playoffs, and you can get in on the action right now from first tip with FanDuel. Right now, all customers... You get a no-sweat same-game parlay every weekend when you bet the NBA playoffs. That's right. Just place a three-plus 
leg, same game parlay or same game parlay plus on any NBA playoff game, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. They have great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly, and they have all of the bets you could possibly like. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. That's G-A-B-E-K. And get a no-sweat same-game parlay every weekend of the NBA playoffs. That's FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. G-A-B-E-K. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. For nearly 18 years, we've been delivering brand new vehicles right there in the Memphis market. And now we're excited to announce that Red River has a Toyota store right here in Wynn, just a short hop across the river to get the best deal on a new Toyota than anywhere else in your state or our state. Or we can bring it right to Memphis and drop it off in your driveway. You can order yours online right now at RedRiverToyota.com and we'll bring it to you. So check us out at RedRiverToyota.com or come see us in Wynn. Found the roof leak. Where? See those shingles? What do we do now? I pity the fool. You need the A-Team. What? A-Team Roofing in Collierville, one of only two diamond contractors in the Mid-South. They're a licensed general contractor, but also a licensed insurance adjuster. When it comes to insurance approval, the decision really is in the details. Well, yeah. Get your roof done right. Call the A-Team, 901-605-ROOF. I pity the fool that doesn't check out our online reviews. You okay? I'm A-OK. A-TeamRoofers.com. As a roofer, I don't have time to fail. Homeowners rely on me. So I rely on Beacon. Beacon's unique network of branches work together to get me what I need when I need it. Every branch working together. And with the new Beacon Pro Plus app, I've got the brands I depend on, like GAF, right at my fingertips. Now through June, purchase online with Beacon Pro Plus, web or app, and earn up to $1,500. Beacon, always building. Hey, Kathy, what if I want to change my insurance plan? Steve, State Farm is here for your what ifs. So what if I want to change from a radio dude to a rodeo clown? (laughs) State Farm is here for your what ifs. Call or text Kathy Thurman Edwards, the State Farm agent on Brookhaven Circle, 901-767-7744. My team would love to help you with your what ifs. We're not as cute as Jake, but... We're better looking than a lizard. Seedco, a national nonprofit, has served in the Memphis and the Mid-South for over 16 years and is working to respond to the needs of our community. Seedco's Linking You and Neighbors to Coverage program keeps you enrolled in affordable health care coverage. The public health emergency unwinding is rapidly approaching. Do not lose your health care coverage. Does your child have CHIP? Call Seedco today. Do you have Medicaid? Call Seedco today. Call or text the healthcare service line at 901-713-9720. That's 901-713-9720. During these challenging times, have a peace of mind. Stay covered or get covered today. Seedco is not an insurance agency. We are a nonprofit here to serve the whole person with free programs designed to fit your needs. Call today. 901-713-9720 or visit seedco.org slash midsouthlymc Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN The first inning is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first-inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first-inning prop bet on any Friday Major League Baseball game. If only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up today at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer, new and existing customer offer. Opt-in is required. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Blake Topmeyer is the SEC columnist. 
for the USA Today Sports Network. His podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, available each and every week on Twitter, at BTopmeyer. Blake, have you ever gone to the Great American Ballpark to try and put a little wager on a college baseball game? I have not. Uh, I've not done any wagering on college baseball whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this was bound to happen at some point. The, the situation you're alluding to there with, with Alabama, um, you know, with the prevalence of, of sports betting, with the ease of sports betting, um, you know, I, I think it was, it was bound to happen that uh, it would cross paths with, with people who are involved in, in college sports. And although we don't know all the details, um, we know enough to, to know that it's, it's cost Alabama's uh, baseball coach his, his job. Does Alabama have something systematic wrong? Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, you know, I think you can point to a number of, of, in, of instances. I mean, you, you had this situation uh, on top of the, the mess that, uh, that occurred during the basketball season um, and then the, the, the domestic uh, violence arrest um, that, that occurred with a member of their athletic department um, also in, in recent days. And, and you can you can add it all up and, and say that this is like a systemic thing. I don't know that that is, Feels is like a really the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's something, you know, rival fan bases will probably jump on and, and say, uh, you know, Alabama athletics is, is out, of, out of control. I, I don't know that one situation is is out of the other, but it, but it is, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting to see how, uh, when a, when a coach who was, let's, let's face it, pretty mediocre, uh, like Alabama's baseball coach was, he, he was already facing, uh, a lawsuit, uh, from one of his former players. And then you add, uh, this gambling situation in the mix, Alabama made a swift change there. Um, with its basketball team that was ranked number one in the nation, uh, which frankly a much more serious issue uh, when we're talking about that that shooting uh, in downtown Tuscaloosa, uh, downtown Tuscaloosa that left a woman dead, uh, that involved Alabama players on the scene, one of whom uh, is said to have brought the weapon to the scene. You know, Alabama, I think, did not act uh, nearly as decisively in, in that situation. Uh, and, and I think that just shows you uh, the difference between you know having a team and ranked number one in the nation and how that's handled versus having a coach uh, who was struggling anyway. And, and also I think the way that schools and the conference view gambling uh, on sports while you're a member of college athletics, like that, that is that is a hard line in the sand, and that's a no-no. Um, and, and say what you will about Greg Sankey, but I mean he's not going to stand for that. So I'm just uh, curious you know. what his motivation was. Like, is what, do you think he was really making bank betting on Alabama baseball, or is he like just this is like a, an addiction thing? Like, I'm just trying to come to grips with like how you could think this was like a like not even like a good idea, but like a like a worthwhile idea that was going to be worth the risk, like the juice was going to be worth the squeeze here. Well, and I think uh, we got that uh, gambling uh, gambling addiction hotline at the ready. Yeah. No. yeah. Uh, Tennessee um, Redline, 1-800-889-9789. I mean, the other thing, though, that was so stupid about it, like, books are not taking a ton of action on college baseball. If you go and you try to, and they take some type of, like, big bet, like that's gonna trigger that's gonna trigger eyeballs. Like that, there's just so many things that were so stupid about this. There were, and and again, while while starting this with a caveat of we don't know all the details, and and we'll see what unfolds here. Speaking in more sweeping terms, um, in, in broad terms, when when people say, how could someone be this stupid? How how could they how could they make do make such a risky decision? Um, speaking in broad terms, I think people who are dealing with addiction uh, don't don't see things black and white yeah. uh, like someone who is not dealing with addiction uh, would see things and, and think, yes, this is incredibly risky. This is incredibly stupid. Um, this is this, this could could cost me in a great way. It is not worth it doing this. Uh, and we don't know if that's what's in play here. But I do think, um, you know, we, we look at this in black and white. Uh, but we also have to acknowledge that 
when when people are are dealing with with addiction and and we know that that is the case for some people with with gambling they're not thinking clearly they're not evaluating um is this is this stupid risky boneheaded maneuver something i should be doing um they they act and 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 they find themselves in in in, in troubled consequences uh let's turn to a topic you wrote about this week over at uh commercialpeel.com Deion sanders um yeah. and his unprecedented roster turnover. He's Colorado's had 71 players enter the portal since last August, 47 players since the spring transfer window opened on April 15th. It is the most, according to ESPN, since the transfer portal came into existence in 2018, it is the most uh, turnover a football program has gone through um, joining um, I believe it's 21 more than Arkansas State, which had 50 players enter the portal during the 21-22 t- cycle. <laughs> Ole Miss in 20, this year in 22-23 had 48 players leave the program in this cycle. Uh, and then Tennessee's 2020-21 class, uh, the, the Pruitt exodus, if you will, uh, was 46 Um and this year, Oregon and South Florida have each had 44 players enter the cycle. So, enter the portal, excuse me. So, it's significantly more than second most. Um, but maybe, I, I, maybe I'm curious what you think, Blake. Like, I've, I've kind of just been like, you know, like at least he did tell us like this was going to happen. Like, I, I think there are worse things in college sports than than what's happening at Colorado right now. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think there are some out there that, that are wanting to barbecue Dion over this, but I, I'm with you. Uh, as I called it in my column, I, I said it was ruthless, but it was also refreshingly honest because, you know, we've known this deal. They, they call it processing a player, as you guys know, uh, where coaches will, like, quietly nudge a guy off the roster into the mm-hmm. portal, and, and the player announces he's transferring as if he came to this decision uh, of his own free, clear mind when it's like, no, your coach told you, uh, mm-hmm. you're out of here, man. <laughs> Go find somewhere else to play. Like, but the coaches usually do that kind of mealy mouth, um, and, and they do it on the sly, and, and they quote-unquote process the player. Dion's out here, you know, days after his hire saying, I- I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louie. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. make guys quit. And then as we, we come to find out, those who didn't quit, he decided they weren't good enough, so they cut him from the program. And and I think this was always going to happen because a, a, a few guardrails got removed from college football um, that kept some of the, the player cuts in check in the past. Two things happened. One, the immediate eligibility for transfers. That's been a boon for the players, right? But it also means that coaches have more incentive to shuttle guys into the portal uh, because they can get – transfers who can play immediately before before that rule change i think there was less incentive for coaches to do that so that's number one number two last may uh the ncaa put a two-year moratorium on the 25 player signing cap the 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 so-called initial counters you know used to be you could find some ways to weasel around it but for the most part you were you were capped at somewhere around the number of 25 newcomers you could bring in every year well that's gone now you can bring in as many newcomers as you want for the next two years. And I think that further incentivizes coaches to flip their roster, particularly first-year coaches like Dion is. Now, I don't know if it's going to work out because, you know, when you look in the, the, the portal here, the portal activity this spring, you're really you're hunting in the bargain barrel. Like all the top talent, or most of the top talent, that's snapped up in the winter. And, and Dion brought in some guys with him. Uh but I don't know that he's going to all of a sudden, you know, be un- unearthing these these gyms because they're just not there in the portal at this point, and and the portal is now closed to new entry. So I don't have a problem with what he's doing, uh, but I'll be curious to see how it works. No, I mean that's kind of the other thing. It's like it's not like Colorado, like Dion didn't get the job because the roster was in good shape. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, he, he's inheriting a program that went one one and eleven. You know. Um, so, you know, we can have empathy for these, these guys that were cut and I do. Um, and, and there is fortunately a rule on the books that would allow them to retain their financial aid and be a student at Colorado 
um, not on the football team, but, but they don't have to, to leave Colorado. They don't have to lose their scholarship. They can become a regular old student, still be on scholarship, just not be on the team. Most of these guys aren't going to do that. They want to they wanna play ball. They'll try to find someone else to take them in. But, um, yeah, the empathetic side of me is thankful at least that's on the books. They can stay there on scholarship. But, you know, players know this. They know the drill. They know this is big business. And, and, and the only annoying part is when coaches act like it's not, when they act like it's the good old old school amateur athletics, your, your, your grandpa's uh, college football. Well, it's not grandpa's college football. Let's quit pretending it is. Players know the drill, and like I said, at least Dion was honest about it. Uh, is Peyton Thorne gonna? Is Peyton Thorne the answer that Auburn was looking for? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think he uh, epitomizes my comment that you're you're shopping in the bargain barrel at this point. But this was a necessary ad for Auburn, especially after T.J. Finley's exit, their backup quarterback. Um, they had to add a, another another body. Uh, to the quarterback competition. And I would actually say Auburn has upgraded at quarterback as compared to where they were entering the spring. Oh, boy. Uh, I, think I, I think I would make that swap, the, the T.J. Finley for Peyton Thorne swap that they made. So they did upgrade, but how much did they upgrade? I mean, Peyton Thorne, uh, you know, he looked great two years ago when he had Kenneth Walker and Michigan State was winning 11 games, but they didn't add Kenneth Walker. Uh, they added Peyton Thorne, and he's thrown 21 interceptions over the last two years as Michigan State's starter. Um, you know, going into the going into the preseason, if I'm Auburn, I'd rather have Peyton Thorne versus Robbie Ashford than T.J. Finley versus Robbie Ashford because we saw what that looked like this spring, and we saw what that looked like last season. Um, and and Brian Harson doesn't have a job for that reason and, and many others. So He yeah, will Auburn coach him up. What are we talking about here, guys? Hugh does, no Hugh. Every Hugh will quarter, coach him up. Every quarterback that got to Hugh left Hugh the exact same. Like no, great, one, no, right? one, no one really he left. Great. Well, here, toss up though. Better add Hugh <laughs> adding Tyler or uh, Hugh adding Peyton Thorne or Alabama adding Tyler Buckner. Well, that's 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 the real question, right? Um, Auburn had to do this. They they really right, did. You, I mean, Hugh yes. inherited a bad quarterback situation. He didn't make it much better. He needed to add someone in the winter. He didn't, but at least he made it a little better this spring by Malik Willis out can't even complete a pass in the NFL. With Hugh, he was a record setter. And go look at their strength of schedule that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but Alabama. Okay, now now they got five five guys in their competition. Um, and I think the Alabama fan in the immediate aftermath of adding Tyler Buckner, they wanted to think, well, we got our guy. Um, you know, Tommy Buckner, or excuse me, Tyler Buckner comes and, and reunites with Tommy Reese. And, and Alabama's got their answer. And it's like, well, wait a second now. There's a reason Tyler Buckner is transferring, and that's because he was not going to be Notre Dame's starter. They brought in, while, while Tommy Reese was still his offensive coordinator, uh, Notre Dame brought in Sam Hartman to be the starter, which tells you something about what Notre Dame thought about Tyler Buckner and the idea of him being their starter. Uh, he was Buckner was worse in Notre Dame's spring game than either Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson was in Alabama's spring game. That's a one, you know, snapshot that really doesn't mean that much. But the point is, you know, the idea that he's going to come in and the problem solved, I don't buy that. I, I still think Jalen Milrow probably gives them uh, the highest ceiling, but uh, he might also offer a lower floor than what Buckner does, and there is familiarity there with Reese and Buckner. I'm not saying this was a, a guy they shouldn't have added. You had the opportunity. Sure. Go ahead and do it. Uh, I just don't know that adding Notre Dame's backup quarterback, uh, all of a sudden catapults Alabama to the top of the heap. And I, and I do think it's, it's sort of telling about the quarterback situation that Alabama finds itself in that one of the great dynasties uh, of our time is left needing Al, uh, Notre Dame's backup quarterback at the sport's most important position. Well, along those lines, do we think Brian Kelly's talking tough about Alabama because he's like he knows Tommy Reese but, and he's like I know what Tommy Blake, Reese is. I got a confession. I think I've kind of turned a corner on Brian Kelly. Like he's leaning into the like the the DJ, the turntables thing, like the the throwing insults out there, the TikTok videos. Like he's leaning into it so hard that I found myself kind of liking it. You know what? I think we all assumed, and maybe correctly assumed, that Brian Kelly was like made for Notre Dame. He's this New Englander, you know, 
uh, he, he was Irish a Catholic son. Yeah. And, and, and he's that haughty Notre Dame that thinks it's better than everybody, you know? And, and I think we all thought like Brian Kelly fits that mold, right? Cause he did have that personality at Notre Dame. He was buttoned up. Uh, he was, he was snarky, um, you know, kind of, frankly, kind of a jerk sometimes is the way he came across. But he has successfully put forward this image of like, he's enjoying life down on, down on the bayou. I mean, he's wearing boat shoes and shorts. And, and I know that plays in the media, that, that sells, right, when you're at LSU. But I do think there is a certain type of pre- – there's not the pressure to win national championships at Notre Dame like there is in the SEC, but there's a different type of pressure at Notre Dame. And when you're there for as long as he was, and you got to keep up that buttoned-up, uh, you know, Ivy League-style Notre Dame image – yeah, that that can weigh on someone, and so I might be buying this idea that, as he says, 